Well, welcome back to another episode of Bite-Sized Virtue, the last episode of this Lent and Easter season for 2016. Because, that's right, for those of you who follow the liturgical calendar of, well, at least the Western Christian churches, if you happen to follow the Orthodox calendar, then I think this might still be a couple weeks out for you. Maybe longer, I'd actually have to check. But anyways, for myself... And for many people who follow the faith that I do, this Sunday, this coming Sunday, is Pentecost. And actually, in our house, it's a really cool thing, too. My daughter will be receiving her first communion. We're all very excited about that. So we're going to wrap up, and we're going to talk um, just, we have one more episode talking with Clortos Dragon, kind of just tying up, wrapping up uh, a bunch of our thoughts, and you know, this episode's actually, I think, probably the most personal out of all of the ones that we recorded, um, which means it's also my favorite, I think. And so we're going to dive right back into the discussion, just taking a look at, well, uh, a bit of an admission, I guess, on our part first that, you know what, we're certainly at one place on the spectrum of philosophies in the world, but that is certainly not true of you know, uh, a goodly number of other Ultima Dragons. You know, I wanted to be cognizant of the possible audience because, you know, the Ultima Dragons are definitely a diverse group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, the, the, the thing that I w- wanted to touch on, at least at one point, was, you know, w- if you love something, why do you love it? If you think something, you know, I, I, I didn't go, I don't think I went this far, but if you think something is wrong, what is your basis to say that it's wrong? Um, And that's kind of what's, you know, when I was quoting C.S. Lewis, that's kind of the extent of where he goes with that. Um, You know, which I'm sure you've got plenty of Ultima fans who would call themselves atheist or agnostic. So the group seems to have all flavors. Yeah. I got to admit, like, I'm, I'm greatly bothered by, you know, yeah, the fact that a lot of the dragons kind of, uh, definitely don't have a high opinion of traditional religion or the Christian faith. I'm definitely bothered by, you know, some of the things that Richard Garriott supports. And there are more than a few days where I'm just like, why do I even waste my time on this? Like, why do I put so much effort into this? Uh, could I not be focusing on something else? But then, you know, there, there are currently two people who continuously kind of pull me back to it. And one of them is Stirring Dragon, who he's one. And a former developer at Origin Systems, who for the purposes of this podcast at least will remain nameless, is another. And uh, they're both, you know, very faithful people. And this guy, this guy from Origin, formerly from Origin, utterly surprised me. We kind of kept in touch and... um. Like once all these David Delayden videos started dropping, um, he just he private he messaged me one day. Um, and he's just like, "Look, what can I do? Like, where can I get involved? Because this is horrible, and I need I need to fight this somehow. So how can I?" Um, it's just like, "Wow, you know." You you are now the reason that the Codex is staying online in 2016 because, man, I was so close to pulling the trigger. I've 
I used to do a lot of pro-life activism back in the day. Um, <clears throat> now that I have kids, I don't really feel like getting arrested as much, but, uh, <laughs> but I still, you know, I keep a number of contacts and I mean, I follow like a lot of, you know, the Twitter and Facebook accounts related to that. And so when these videos started dropping, I'm just like, wow, this is horrible, horrifying. I'm totally sharing this because I do have a lot of, you know, like Facebook contacts, especially who are, you know, people who actually like said to my wife at one point, so, uh, are you done at now that you've had three? And at the time we were kind of just like, well, we don't have any plans. And they were, you know, their response was just like, oh, finally. Um, so, you know, people like that. Uh, so of course they follow me in Facebook. So of course I shared this for their benefit. Um, but this guy, this guy from origin, you know, who, again, I'd kept in touch with is just like, wow, this is like genuinely horrifying. Like, what yeah. can I do to fight this? Um, so yeah. now I guess he's doing like a ton of volunteer work at, uh, you know, like one of those crisis pregnancy centers. Cool. Yeah. Good for him. So. That's wonderful. It is. It is. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I. You know, one of the things that always jump up in my mind, and obviously I haven't followed through with this, but, you know, the thread I did on Shroud of the Avatars forums and the, 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 uh, remember when I, I don't remember. Yeah, it, it, yeah I remember. It was, a, it was a few years back where I was like, hey, can I, basically, can I evangelize in game? And, uh, the, uh, the acid that spewed out of my monitor <laughs> uh, with some of those posts was like, well, <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to ignore you if you say anything to me about the Bible. And I'm like, okay, uh, I haven't said anything so far. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was interesting. I remember that. And I I don't, you know, I've thought about that since then. And it's like, well, you know, I, I made that post before I actually became like, what you what you might call a located preacher right right and with the stuff on my table right now i could never devote time i mean in terms of priorities i mean what are you going to do you're going to try to work with people in the town you live in or are you going to try to get on the computer and convert people across the world I mean, i guess there could be a place for that if i was if i was wheelchair bound or uh you know immobile or something that so had some health condition that would be one thing but uh anyway well and i mean like has not you know like and i mean again i can only sympathize to a point because i'm not you know uh <laughs> obviously a religious worker myself but to my mind at least you know and you know it would be one thing if you know you weren't um bound to a particular community but if you are, well, then, you know, I mean, obviously, um, maintaining and growing that community should be your primary focus, right? Rather than strange people over the internet. It, right. Not that it wouldn't be a really cool thing if you could, you know, um, evangelize and bring people to God over the internet by that means. That would be really awesome. But, you know, if you are the preacher at that church, well, you're the preacher at that church and that should probably be where your focus is. So, right. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I I'm, 
I made that uh, I made that post when I was uh, when I was working in a jewelry store, so I didn't quite have the same level of obligations. Yeah, so. it's a little different. <laughs> yep, yep, just a bit. Hey, nice to meet another guy who's worked the jewelry counter, though. Yeah, I, another straight I, guy. I so you did too. I, I uh, <laughs> we've never made that connection. So cool. Yeah. Now I, were you? Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I um I worked for it was one of the department stores uh in Edmonton, not too far from the university I was uh, attending at the time. Um, I mean, I eventually moved over to the electronics department, but for the first about year that I was there, I was behind the jewelry counter. Um, it was you know it was actually really it was a really interesting experience. Um, you know because. Being like the one guy there, um, sometimes, you know, like some, some people preferred to deal with me. They're just like, you know, it's like, uh, I, I had the market cornered on the bewildered boyfriends. Yes. You know, I just, I had that market cornered because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I, again, I mean, coming back, you know, I, I think I could have a little bit of empathy for them, uh, Maybe that, that some of the other, they, they didn't necessarily feel with some of the other, uh, with some of the women working the counter. Um, and then also the, uh, concerned girlfriend market. Um, uh, I had a lot of that too. It's just like, you know, it's like, well, do you have a girlfriend? Well, yes, yes, I do. You know, uh, just like, okay, well, if she wore this, what would you think? Mm, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I actually worked in repair. Oh, cool! So uh, I was at a, I was at a just a self-contained store. It was in a small town in Mississippi, but uh, basically, I went into this guy's store, and he happened to know one of my uncles and my grandparents, and uh, we talked for a little bit, and basically said, if you go and get classes you know if you get educated on how to do jewelry repair i'll hire you nice and so i took uh, the last mm, not all the money that i had left but i worked uh, i just about two weeks previous gotten fired from being a car salesman Oof. and that was not fun i did that for about three months the last month was uh, i literally sold nothing <laughs> the last month I and so they finally well, they, they let me go, and so I basically took uh, I took what little I had and went uh, to town and got a guy to to train me in it, and uh, that was a that was a really good good job on, on many different levels because I was I was preaching at the time and I was doing some uh, what I would call like maybe circuit preaching or fill in preaching. Um, right. I was just going wherever, wherever the need was. And he would have my off day to be Monday, which was very convenient because, you know, if I'm, especially if I was traveling somewhere, I could get back home and chill out on Monday before the work week starts back up. Yeah, that's not bad at all. But he eventually, uh, since I've left, he's gotten a laser welder and that's, (laughs) uh, that's changed the whole business from what I understand. I imagine it would. Yeah. You can work on a lot more with it. You can actually work on the titanium rings and uh, all sorts of stuff, really. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I was wondering actually how they would go about fabricating a titanium ring. So yeah, that would make sense. 
Um, <clears throat> I remember having that discussion because uh, <laughs> when we were looking to get our weddings ring, wedding rings made, because um, we actually like got custom rings made, um, and we did want like a little cross pattern in it. And initially, my wife had thought that it'd be really cool if like the ring didn't even go around completely in a circle. It like had a little cross shaped break in it with the diamond like suspended in the, in the center. <clears throat> and the guy's just like, you know, we can't actually design a ring like that. Um, it could only be made of titanium and it's going to cost you this many thousand dollars. <laughs> and we're just like, right. So what about just like an etched cross in gold? <laughs> yes. I'll say it was very convenient getting married while I was working there. Yeah, staff discount, not bad. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, really, it wasn't even a discount. Um, my boss, basically, his his philosophy was, I'm never going to try to make money off of my employees. Oh, nice. So I basically got everything it cost. Cool. Um, so I, I feel really blessed from that. And it was just, it was just good work. It, you know, it was solid, you know, sit down, work with your hands. Um, it, it was, it was good work. I, I'm, I've thought about getting back into it because it is something that I could do sort of on the side, but I would need to drop some cash for it. I mean, really yeah. to get started up, you're looking at least three or four grand. Well, yeah, so, you, need, you know, tools and a place to work, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a cool connection, though, because I I'll tell you though, being on the sales floor, that was always that was never really my forte. So you probably did a lot better than I did in, in that respect. <laughs> in some respects, so. I mean, the thing about the the thing about the jewelry department, it was very actually the thing about department stores in general, ludicrously hierarchical, right? <clears throat> I mean, yeah. it was the same when I moved up to electronics, you know, I was allowed to sell TVs up to a certain value. If it was a TV over a certain value or any of the flat screens, um, <clears throat> it had to be one of the senior associates that took the sale. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, if someone was coming in just looking for batteries, well, they didn't want to waste their time on that. So that was me. Um, and similar, <laughs> similar with the jewelry counter, right? Like, you know, um, the diamond stuff, the gold stuff. Uh, the really expensive watches, um, the senior associates were like, nope, only, you know, you have to let us sell those. Um, if someone wanted to buy like a Timex or a Casio, or they wanted to buy the costume jewelry, right. You, you know, the, the, just the, the metal jewelry, um, mm -hmm. then the, you know, then, you know, why, why, why would they waste their time with that? Um, so that was, that was, you know, again, where I got to mess with. And actually, if I think about it, that was kind of true too even when i switched over to mcbain camera started selling cameras there um because you know the senior associates would be the ones who but it was a little bit different right because basically you know and a lot of the senior associates there had been working there for 20 30 years and they had basically built up their each of them had their stable of clients, right? Which, you know, like all the pro news photographers and investigative journalists and even like the private eyes. Um, so they were, you know, it's like, okay, well, so-and-so's come in. He only works with so-and-so, you know, so-and-so's come in. He only buys from so-and-so. So, I mean, you know, 
I didn't usually get to sell the really high-end gear. But on the other hand, um, one thing that the managers there always found noteworthy was that um, I still made fairly decent commission because I sold a lot of cameras. And my return rate was one of the lowest out of any of the associates. Because it's, you know, and again, it's kind of that empathy thing. You know, you, you got to, this was the kind of sales I liked. I mean, I did very different kind of sales work uh, for an engineering firm for a little bit while, basically cold calling people, trying to sell products, hated it. But this over-the-counter stuff, that was a little bit different, right? Because, you know, especially with cameras, people come in and, you know, this was kind of right at the end of the film era and the start of the digital era. And so, you know, people are looking to go digital, but they really don't know too much about it. And they don't want too many bells and whistles. And they want this feature and that feature and the other thing. And I got really good at just being able to, you know, three or four questions, look at the wall of cameras and be just like, you probably want this one. You know, maybe this one or this one between these two. And then, you know, they'd hem and haw and they'd play with both and usually go away happy, right? It's that empathy thing, listening to people, I guess. So the easiest sales job I've ever had was selling tractors. And uh, that was pretty simple because most of the guys that would come in to buy them, I mean, they basically would know what they need to begin with. Yeah. They'll, they'll say, oh, I need to pull this amount of weight. And my job was typically to say, well, actually, you should probably buy, you know, at least a step ahead of that. You know, Just <laughs> you know case, I, yeah. I almost wanted to sort of upsell them. But really, that is true because, I mean, I, I was telling them, you know, if you're wanting to carry this amount of weight, you never know if you may need to carry something a little bit heavier. Yeah. If you want so, to tow 2,000 pounds, maybe give yourself 2,500. Just Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So anyway, um, that was a good job. But uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. Good, right. to, good to get to know that. Yeah. And totally. thanks a lot for including me on this. And uh Hopefully I came across in the right way and uh, I think it'll I just, be good. Yeah. I think it'll be good. Cool. Uh, well, good talking to you. You too. All right. I will catch you around. All right, man. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. And thank you listeners for tuning in for this, the last episode of Bite Size Virtue for a while. Hope you liked what you heard. If not, or if so, you know what? I take compliments and insults in equal measure ultimacodex at gmail.com for your feedback, or you can leave us some audio feedback on podcast.ultimacodex.com. Just look for the little send us a message in the sidebar and you'll be taken to a page where you can record your own voice and tell us what you think. And you know what? If we like what you have to say, or if what you have to say is mean, but in a funny way, it might just wind up in a future episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug, which we hope you'll continue to tune into as the year rolls on. But until then, until the next episode of Spam, 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 Humbug, and until next time, be virtuous. Virtuous.